Hello and welcome to the January 25th edition of the Fantasyland Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Shorten. Decent week, decent week in fantasy, and I hope it has been the same to you guys as well. Six wins and a draw for me. Jonesy, if you're listening, you played Levine on a prayer. He stopped me from getting a perfect week, but that's okay. I can't complain too much with six wins and a draw. One of my wins in particular was extremely tight in the end. Came down to the the Portland game. I ended up, it's a nine-category league. I ended up benching Lillard, um, as silly as that sounds. I ended up benching him to protect my turnovers. I think I was only two up or two down um, going into that game, and I needed Lillard to not get more than two turnovers to secure the win. He obviously had three, so if I didn't bench him, I would have lost. Thankfully, I did bench him, so not the most conventional way to get a victory, but effective nonetheless, and I suppose all that matters is I got the win in the, uh, in, in the column, so that is what it's all about. So I have been thinking about this podcast. I have been thinking about the certain content, being able to mix it up, being able to, to, to keep it nice and engaging and exciting for you guys. And I was thinking about doing these on YouTube instead of over the podcast format. Obviously, I can just move the recording and the audio straight onto the podcast, so that's all good. But I was wondering whether or not that is something that you guys watch and if that's something that you would look at. The, I suppose the, the pros and cons, the cons, you'd have to see my ugly mug for 20, 25 minutes on YouTube, which isn't necessarily great. But on the positive side, you'd be able to see some data to support the certain players that I'm talking about. I'd be able to pull up the schedule and run through that as well and look at the back-to-backs and how all of that works. Potentially, even be able to run through a couple of my teams as well and look at the different players that I'm looking at, potential trades and things like that as well. So let me know what your thoughts are. If it is something that you guys would watch and would be be keen to to look at and and even kind of have a bit of ongoing feedback, maybe even live stream a couple of them, let me know. Happy to explore all options to keep it nice and fresh as we go on. So on to the actual waiver wire podcast itself. So as always, I'm going to run through some of the more recent injuries. I'm going to run through the sell high guys. I'm going to run through some of the buy low candidates. As a little bit of a change, I'm not going to run through the schedule and back-to-backs. I'm going to put those into the description of the podcast, so just underneath. So you don't have to listen to this to get that content. You can just kind of click into all the description. The information will pop down for you. But obviously, I'm still going to run through my top five waiver wires and which ones that you should pick up and which ones that you should potentially look at for long term as well. So on to the injuries. This one or the first one is not necessarily an injury per se. Uh, just like a little funny anecdote. So Clint Capella, Miles Turner, they both missed time or were due to miss time because of hand injuries. I love to see that out of two of the biggest blockers in the league. I don't think there's anything better for a big man's ego than I'm going to have to miss time. I've hurt my hand because I've been blocking too many of your shots. I think that's fantastic. I don't think that they're going to miss too much time. I think Turner's only missed a game or two and come back and put up 25 and six blocks or something crazy like that. But yeah, I think it's just great to see. Jason Tatum, he's expected back tomorrow. So if you've got him in your IR, make sure that you clear that before games start tomorrow uh, because he's expected back in and that is a big, big in for your sides. Kevin Love, so the only update that we've got is that he hasn't been cleared to practice yet. So once he's cleared to practice, we're probably looking at a week, week and a half until he plays. 
So I still give him at least another couple of weeks off before he is actually going to take the court. We need to wait for him to practice in the gym first. Jaron Jackson Jr., I thought we were going to get a glimpse of him towards the end of this week based on all the updates. Obviously, Memphis haven't had a side to be able to put onto the court. So I think we're going to have to see uh, wait and see him next week whenever Memphis do play. So, yeah, I mean, keep an eye out and try and clear up a spot because JJJ is coming back. D'Angelo Russell, so he's got a sore quad, so he's listed as day-to-day, as is Devin Booker. He's listed as day-to-day with a hamstring injury. Now, I'm a little bit more concerned about that than what the reports show. Hamstrings can be funny old things. He could be missing one or two games. It might not be that bad, but I would probably err on the side of caution and say he's probably going to be a couple of weeks, which is not great, especially given that he's just come off the back of a 34-point game and Hopefully, we were seeing him turn it around and, and really start to perform this year, but it is what it is. There's not much we can do about it. And CJ McCollum, so he's out for a minimum of four weeks with a left foot fracture and a sprained ankle. So great news if you've got Dame Lillard owners, but really bad if you're CJ McCollum owner or if you're a Portland Trailblazer fan because they've just been absolutely depleted. So I don't know if there's too many... Ends when it comes to McCollum being out, maybe Anthony Simons, maybe Gary Trent Jr., but I think that they're just going to be kind of hit and miss on different days as it is and just pure points and threes guys anyway. So I don't think they're going to contribute much elsewhere. So on to my top three sell high options. So the first one is somebody who I have already mentioned, um, Mr. Sawhand himself, Mr. Clint Capella. So his most recent game was... 30 30 minutes of playing time. He had a triple-double of 13 points, 19 rebounds, and 10 blocks. Now, doesn't get too much more more of a sell-high option than that. We know that Clint Capella is a big rebounder. We know that he's a a a one-and-a-half, two-block-a-game sort of guy. Over his last seven days, he's been playing 36 minutes, 21 points, 20 rebounds, a steal-and-a-half, and six blocks. Now, those numbers are obviously not sustainable. 20 rebounds is not going to happen. 21 points is not going to happen. And six blocks is not going to happen. He's going to be more of the what we're seeing for his season stats, which is 14, 14, and two blocks, which is great. Those are fantastic numbers. Don't get me wrong. But if you have somebody who is desperate for some blocks and you can offload Clint Capella at a price that you probably wouldn't have got at the start of the season or get somebody for maybe a, a fourth or fifth rounder for Clint Capella right now, I would absolutely take that because you, as as hard it is, as it is to get blocks off the waivers, there is always somebody out there. So you'll be able to trade into somebody, take a look at say somebody like Robert Williams. Um, you might even be able to trade into a, a Mitch Robinson or a JJJ. So if you can sell high on Capella, I probably would be inclined to do so if the value is there. The next one on the list is Aaron Gordon. Now, I don't shy away from the fact that I'm not an Aaron Gordon lover. I have, haven't owned him for a couple of years just because he is extremely frustrating to own. He is frustrating because he should be so much better than what he is. You see how athletic he is. You see how, how good he is in like a dunk contest and things like that. And he'll have some games or he'll start the year with like a 25 and 10 with two steals and two blocks, and you're like, yes, he's finally turned it around. 
this is the Aaron Gordon that we want. But then he'll have another game where he goes for one of 15 shooting and does absolutely nothing. And that's where the frustrating part comes from Aaron Gordon. We saw at the end of last year, he was being used in more of a point forward sort of role where he was able to really bring the ball at the court, assist, pass out of a uh, pick and roll, pass out of the post. And he was really effective doing that. And his numbers looked really good. And the Magic, I thought they were going to do it a little bit more this year. Obviously, Markel Fultz is done for the season. And that has probably increased Aaron Gordon's numbers a bit. But they've still got Cole Anthony. And Cole Anthony is going to be used because they're going to want to develop him because the Magic aren't winning anything right now. So Aaron Gordon, his last seven days, his stats have been 16 points, just shy of 12 rebounds, just shy of nine assists and 2.7 blocks. So Aaron Gordon's not that sort of a player. He's not a nearly triple-double with 2.7 blocks per game sort of guy. He is what his season stats showing to be, which is, 15 and 7 with four assists under a steal, under a block. So if you can and somebody's kind of knocking on the door, wanting to know what Aaron Gordon's costing you, I would be inclined to to float through a couple of offers, see what people have got because these numbers are not sustainable. He's not going to finish the year nearing 10 assists per game, nearing 2.5 blocks per game. Maybe the points are there, maybe the rebounds are there, but the other ones won't be. So I'd be selling high on Aaron Gordon where possible. The other thing is, is that he is a massive injury risk. He always seems to sit because he's got some sort of niggle. In fact, as I'm looking at him right now, he's day-to-day. So if you can get rid of him, I would be doing so. RJ Barrett, he's the next one I've got on the list. I like RJ Barrett. I think he should be a really good basketball, and I think he will be in the future. But what he really does hurt is he hurts your percentages. He's going to get your points, but at what cost? Over his career, and obviously it's only a short career, he's at 40% shooting from the field and 60-odd percent from the line. Over the last seven days, he's been at 50% shooting and 87% from the line. Those numbers are not sustainable. RJ Barrett is somebody who is going to tank you from both of those lines, from the field, from the free-throw line. He's going to tank both of those. He's going to get you some good points. He's going to get you some boards. He's going to get you a three and a half. But the other stats, he's going to tank and he's going to tank hard. So right now, he's shooting the ball really well. I think it's a fluke. I don't think it's going to be something that he sustains. If he does, I mean, fantastic. You've got to steal on draft night. But right now, I would be trying to offload RJ Barrett wherever I can. And the other one is Danilo Gallinari. So this is a... This is a special mention because obviously I've already listed three people. And Gallo, I, I like him um, and it's a buyer's beware sort of a thing. If you want to keep him and you're, you're happy to run the risk of injury, great. Gallo's a fantastic player. He's a fantastic fantasy player. He gets to the line a ton, always got good points, good triples, and he rebounds the ball well. The issue that you got with him is that he's always going to miss time. He's always banged up for something. So right now, he's obviously, he's three games back or two games back from injury. And if you can offload him while he's healthy, I'd be inclined to do so. If you want to run the risk and you're happy with that, then that's cool too. I, I don't mind either way. I just thought I'd flag it because he is somebody who in a month's time will be sitting in your IR again or missing a couple of days due to injury or back-to-backs, things like that. So 
just be mindful of that with Danilo Gallinari. If you are newish to fantasy and you think that it's just a one-off injury, it's not with Gallo. He will miss more time. So, as I said, buy beware. On to the buy low segment. So we're we're gonna start we're gonna start with somebody who I I like, but I can see why people wouldn't. <laughs> it's it's Kobe White. So thirty season stats, really nice. So he sixteen points, six assists on forty one, forty two percent from the field, which is which is fine. And he he's somebody who would have gone, you know, over past hundred in most leagues maybe 95 to, to 110 range in most leagues. But these last seven days, he's been he's been really frustrating. Like the the assists are certainly there. Five's fine. The the steals 1.3. I mean, that's okay. It's not going to be sustainable. But 33% from the field and 10 points a game is horrible. That's not the Kobe White that you want to see. He is a young player and he is going to bounce out of that. But if somebody has got him and they've just lost, and they've maybe lost by percentage or they've lost by points, I'd be floating an offer to see if I can get Kobe White at a reduced price because he will bounce up and down. That's the sort of player that he is. And when he catches fire, he's going to be awesome. But right now, he's obviously in that in that lull. So maybe swing an offer, see what you can get for him. Second one I've got is Andre Drummond. So Andre Drummond is a jet. Andre Drummond is somebody who, if he could shoot a free throw consistently at anywhere over 75%, he'd be a top 10 player. There's no doubt about that. But what I think a lot of owners are going to take into account is that Cleveland have just traded in for two reasonably big players, Jared Allen and Toreen Prince. And Kevin Love, as I mentioned before, he's probably two or three weeks off and the minutes are going to get very scary at that point because you've got a lot of mouths that you need to feed. You've got Drummond, you've got Allen, you've got Love, you've got Nance, you've got JaVale McGee, you've got Torin Prince, you've got Chetty Osman. All of these guys can play four or five. And where are these minutes going to come from? Somebody's going to have a timeshare somewhere. And I think that Jared Allen is going to be taking over the starting center role from Andre Drummond in a month or two. I do think that Andre Drummond is probably a decent trade target as well, a trade candidate. So the reason he's a buy low option is because there's going to be some managers out there who are worried. Over the last seven days, his minutes have been down to 26. And yes, there was a blowout game in there, but before that, it was 27 and 26. 16 points, fine. But he only had he's only been having half a block per game. And his boards are down to, to 11, which normally they're about 15, 16, which again, 11 is nothing to sneeze at. But where your buy low options are going to be is just kind of the, the little air of concern of what what's the future like for Andre Drummond here at Cleveland. I still think that he's going to put out some decent numbers. And even if he doesn't, and even if he does get traded, I think he's going to put up some big numbers in his new location. But if you can get into the ear of whoever the manager is, and you can get him for a, a discounted price, I'd, I'd probably give it a crack. The final name on the buy low is Malik Beasley. So Beasley is Beasley's an interesting one. He's somebody that I didn't want to touch with a bar of soap at the start of the year because I was expecting him to spend a, a little bit of time on the sidelines with a 
with the suspension, obviously due to everything that went on in the offseason and all of the charges that were put against him. But it sounds as though that's not going to happen. Beasley is free to play. He's free to do whatever he wants by the sounds of things, and they're not going to punish him, which is great if you're a Beasley owner. Probably even better if you're Malik Beasley. But if I'm somebody who wanted him into my side, now's the time that I want to go get him. We know that he's not going to serve the suspension, and his shooting has been down. He's he's about five points down on where he normally is, and his shooting percentage is down from the 43-44s down to your to your sub thirty seven. So if you've got an opportunity to to float an offer to get Malik Beasley and you need some points, now's the time to do so. So onto the schedule. So again, I'm not going to go through it all. There are a bunch of teams that have got four games and there's just as many teams that have got back to backs. As always, I would be concerned in the back to backs if you've got some banged up players, if you've got a Jimmy Butler, if you've got a Joel Embiid looks like Kawhi is now playing back-to-backs now, which is fantastic for his value. So I'd just be mindful of that as well. Again, check the description for those details. On to my top five players to stream and own under 40%. So where the 40% comes is on ESPN. So I kind of, I've gone through there. I've had a look at a couple of different things. I've looked at, obviously, the ownership numbers. I've looked at schedule for the upcoming week. I've looked at potentials to get in some minutes and I've looked at what they've been doing most recently, not just their name value. However, the first person has probably got a bit more name value than they probably should. So it's Eric Gordon. Eric Gordon, yes, Houston only play three games this week, but he is rostered in 34.5% of leagues and he's been on fire since James Harden has moved on. 24 points on 49% shooting and 3.3 triples per game. That's all you really need to know whenever it comes to Eric Gordon. He's not going to be somebody who lights it up consistently from an assist point of view or a steals point of view. What he's going to do is he's going to put up bulk shots, and if you get him while he's hot, he's going to make those shots. So absolutely take a look at Eric Gordon. The second one on the list is somebody who I think that most teams should be looking at from a long-term option. I had a I mentioned them last week and their ownership has gone up substantially. So that will continue to rise. It's Jeremy Lamb. So Indiana, they play four games this week. We know that they're depleted. Karis Levert is unfortunately out. TJ Warren, he's out as well. Can you really trust Aaron Holiday? Probably not. Justin Holiday, he's been playing really good basketball. Who else do they have there? N- nobody really. Doug McDermott, he's going to put up points. But I mean, He's a bit boring. So Jeremy Lamb, he's somebody that I would look at. Four games this week, 28.1% ownership. And since he's been back and he's three games back, he's been averaging 16 points, one and a half steals, 50% from the field, and he's going to get to the line and he's going to make them. So I said this last week and it hasn't changed. His last two seasons, he's finished inside the top 84 in one and top 50 in the other. So he's going to get his value. It may not look like it right now. And if he's on your waiver wire, grab him because he will start to hit his strides in a week or so once he gets his legs underneath him. So grab him. Next two that I've got actually, they're for the same team. They're for the Minnesota Timberwolves and they contribute slightly different areas. So it's probably somebody, actually I know it's somebody that I've mentioned. I've mentioned him a few times and I reckon I was maybe a week or two early because he's only really started to dominate and that's Nas Reed. 
So Nas Reed has been he's been playing really well in the absence of Carl Anthony Towns, but he's done enough to to warrant that second big off the or the first big off the bench to to really cement that second unit. In the last seven days, he's been going at 58% from the field. He hasn't missed a free throw, 1.5 triples, 14 points, and 2.3 blocks. He's only owned in 11.9% of leagues. They've got four games this week. If Kat's going to miss any more time, make sure you've got Nas. But even if he doesn't, chuck him on the watch list because he is going to do some really nice things in the second unit. The other player is Jared Vanderbilt. So he he equally has been quite impressive. He has leading the league in deflections, which is a surprise. And over the last seven days, he's been going at two steals per game and a block per game. He's only owned in 3.4% of leagues. And if he was a more sexy name, he would be owned everywhere. Two and one is great. Yes, it's been in the absence of Carl Anthony Towns, as I said, but I think he's done enough to show that he's able to to start next to him. Juancho Hernan Gomez is trash. <laughs> he's not very good at all. He's going to get you a couple of threes, but that's about it. Minnesota, they do lack a little bit of firepower, but what they need more than anything else is defense. And if Nas and Jared are able to bring that and they're able to bring it at a young age, let them run, let them, let them play. And I think that Minnesota will do that. So put both of those two into your watch list. I'd, Look at streaming them this week as well. And if you're not happy with them after one or two games, drop them. There's there's no risk there at all. And the final one on my top five players for this week is Wayne Ellington. So, I mean, I don't know how old Wayne Ellington is. I think he's about to turn 65 or something crazy like that. He's been around the league forever. And in an opportunity rich Detroit team, they're depleted completely with injuries. He has been dominating. He's been playing really, really well. Over the last seven days, he's been at 18.8 points with 5.3 triples. Now, sounds like Steph Curry sort of numbers. 5.3 triples, 18.8 points, and 56% from the field. He's not going to keep that up. As beautiful as your shooting stroke is, I don't know if anybody's used him on 2K ever, but he's dynamite. He's got a beautiful stroke. He's not going to keep it up. So you're going to ride the hot hand while you can. So Detroit, they've got four games this week. Ellington's only owned in 5.8% of leagues. Get him in there. You don't run any risk. You're going to get points. You're going to get triples. And who knows? He may, maybe pops up for a steal or so. But yeah, he, he's certainly somebody to watch. They do have a back-to-back as well. So grab him for the start of the week and, and see how he runs. Otherwise, guys, that's pretty much it for me. Please let me know what your thoughts are on me moving to to YouTube as well as this. As I said, it would be be cool to be a little bit different. I don't know how to use YouTube, uh, so I might have to watch a YouTube tutorial to learn about YouTube, which will be fun. But yeah, let me know what your thoughts are. And until next week, don't forget to rate and subscribe. <laughs>